Steps on, going for Fitzgerald, touchdown Arizona. David Johnson off to the races. He will score, touchdown Arizona. And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception. took us long enough to replace the Bruce Arians featuring introduction, didn't it? Anyway, now you've listened to the podcast for nearly a minute. Welcome to episode 74 of the British Birdland Breakdown, the UK's reigning, defending and undisputed number one Arizona Cardinals theme podcast. As always, I'm Tom and I'm joined by Callum to break down a ton of stuff as we begin the 2019 NFL season for reals. Hello, we've got a real game to talk about. I'm dead excited. I probably should have changed that introduction a little bit because that was from last week, but you know, no one will ever know. No, no one ever needs to know. But um, as far as actual introductions go, um, yeah, we've we've finally updated it. Or, or rather, I should say Tom's finally updated it. Good thing we didn't do a Steve Wilkes-themed one, though. Yeah, I know they've had to retire that one after one season. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have lasted very long. Wouldn't have been very popular. Hopefully this one has a bit of longevity to it. Yeah, I like it. It's got some like it's got Larry highlights in it, which will never go out of fashion. And speaking of interesting stuff, that brings us on nicely to the game review for this past weekend. And speaking of Larry highlights, of course, yes, in the twenty-seven twenty-seven tie with the Detroit Lions, once again Larry Fitzgerald came up big, but nothing new there. <laughs> there is nothing new there at all. What an interesting game to watch! I gotta say, I was very fearful for three quarters. At least we didn't get to the extent of saying Callum Murray's a bust, Cliff Kingsbury needs to be fired. Well, at least we didn't. I know some people did. I was going to say, which parts of Twitter were you looking at? Because I definitely saw a lot of that. It's ridiculous. What do people want these days? Instant gratification. Yes, yes, they do. I think it's a bit of that, and I think it's a bit of um, people just being, you know, it's been a long off-season when we've been told a lot about how exciting this offense is going to be. And they came out, and for three quarters, it was a damp squib. It really was not going anywhere. You know, we had people being sacked by their own offensive linemen. We had all sorts of bum plays. We had horrible penalties being committed. And it was just not fun to watch. It was even worse than Mike McCoy's offense somehow. In a lot of ways, it was. That's absolutely sure. Yeah, I guess the one good thing is that it didn't last. After three quarters, the team kind of finally got its act together, got a bit of momentum. Although, to be fair, heading into the fourth quarter, the Detroit Lions had a win probability of 99.1% when they led it 24-6 with 14 minutes and 35 seconds left in the game. I can absolutely see that because really that's, you know, that's how it felt. That's why the stadium was emptying at that point. Yeah, and then all these people missed the massive comeback and overtime. More the fool there. Yeah, they missed by far the most exciting quarter of football that we've seen. More exciting than any quarter of football we saw last year. Oh, without doubt. I mean, not that there's much competition, but you know. And actually, like when you think about it, that whole game, coming away from that whole game, I felt more positive about the team than I have since Bruce Arians was here. Yeah, I mean, especially after the fourth quarter. But I think everyone changed their mind after that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that this is absolutely has to be inclusive of the fourth quarter. The third quarter, you know, 
as bad as it was, I think that they did quite well in, you know, keeping up morale and keeping up a bit of momentum, you know, when things weren't going very well. But it was really dreadful to watch. Have you got the stats anywhere for where Kyler Murray was before the fourth quarter? Because I think he was like six for 12 and, and you know, an interception and all that stuff. Yeah, it wasn't very pretty. But I, I know what you mean. Didn't have that stat written down, but I'm sure you can find that online if you look for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have either of the stats, but that stat compared to his fourth quarter stats where I think he was like, you know, he passed as many times again. Um, he passed for nearly 200 yards of total offense um, in a quarter, which was impressive, you know. And two touchdowns. And two touchdowns, um, which was stunning. And and the accuracy was there and everything, and the game speed was there and everything we, told, we were told about this offense was there. Surprisingly, though, it was the most vanilla part of the offense we saw all game. Cliff came out and said that he was calling it a bit too... Cute, I think. Too cute, yeah. Was the, the word he used, yeah. That pretty boy football. Yeah, and and here's the thing, right, is all of last year, uh, Steve Wilkes never once came out and took ownership of a mistake. And here we are, game one, and it's only a draw, it's not even a loss, um, and Cliff Kingsbury's coming out and... Uh, admitting that that's what it was you know it was it was him he took onus on of ownership of that you know first three quarters all to himself and he did say you know that that's what it was he was he was trying to get too cute too finicky i think with the, some of the play calls and i think at least part of it is the fact that they never played full game speed and full playbook at any point during the off season because they were trying to keep it secret and now all of a sudden you know you've got to play at full speed and I think people were kind of struggling with that a little bit. But eventually it all turned around and we had that fourth quarter. We could just focus on that fourth quarter. It'd be ideal, wouldn't it? I would be happy to focus on just the fourth quarter, yeah. We do have that Kyler Murray was the first rookie to start for the Cardinals in a season opener since Lamar McHatton back in 1954, which I assume means quarterback. I was about to say that you said... Um... You were saying like Lamar, Lamar McCann, and I was like, I don't remember that quarterback. And he said 1954. I'm like, that'll be why I don't remember it. That's a long, long time to go without starting a rookie. Bit before your time. Bit before my time. <laughs> Bit before both of our times, absolutely. Combined, probably. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, though, is like, um, it, it's a kind of changing the face of the NFL, right? Because back in the day, you really wouldn't start a rookie unless you absolutely had to. And in a lot of ways, we absolutely have to now. But, um, I mean, it's even the, the difference in decision-making between between Cliff Kingsbury and, and Thingy. What was it? Steve Wilkes. Between Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Wilkes. Um, in that, you know, Steve Wilkes planned from day one to have a veteran start, whereas Cliff Kingsbury was saying, no, we're, we're building for the future. We've got Kyler. He's starting. Another statistic we've got here is that Larry Fitzgerald played his 235th game in a Cardinals uniform. Passing punter, kicker, Jim Backen for the most games played in a Cardinals uniform in history. And that's a long, long history. It's over 100 years. You know, surprised that I didn't know that was coming, if that makes sense. I know they haven't actually made a fuss of that one. Like yeah. to do with his catches and all that. Maybe they ask him. Maybe, you know, because the catches are a kind of personal, you know, triumph. Like it's something he has to do. Whereas the other one, I mean, it's definitely triumph being healthy for that long of a career, but they definitely didn't mention much of it. 
as we were mentioning, his consecutive games with a catch is now at 228 after this past weekend, where he had eight catches. He's already way above the catches that I predicted him for this season, which is something to be excited about because for me, I think it means that Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, that <laughs> that Kyler Murray already recognizing, you know, realizing what an asset uh, Larry Fitzgerald is and and how excellent he is to be able to dump the ball off onto um, in difficult situations or toss the ball downfield too, like he did on several occasions, which was kind of surprising, really. Yeah, send an absolute bomb to Larry, which we've not seen in years, actually. I mean, I think it, it, it's amazing to see just how capable Larry Fitzgerald still is of that. Well, we know he's capable of the circus catches. We've seen that plenty of oh, times. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, the, as well as that, I mean, the thing is, is, if you throw the ball to Larry Fitzgerald in traffic, he will come down with it, or nobody else will come down with it. And like he says, he's not going to be the one who's going to really outpace a defensive back, but if you can put the ball, well, where you can get it between it and defender... He'll bring it in, won't he? Yeah, I mean, he's just like such a big guy. And I mean, the, the term is catch radius. And that's like the the big the big stat that he has in a lot of ways is, you know, that's one of his big assets. Did you know that Sunday marked the sixth tie between the Cardinals and the Lions? But it was the first since 1941. I was going to say, like, I, mean, I know these are two, two teams with very long histories. So... It somewhat doesn't surprise me, but six is a lot of ties. And five of them came before 1941, which is crazy. Imagine what it was like back in those days. Yeah, ties were a lot more common back then. Um, especially because a lot of the times the games were a lot more low scoring than they are today. Yeah, you just have to look at scoring army in that. When you see it's like nil-nil. Yeah, we had them back in the 1910s and all that. Exactly. I mean, we, we had our, um, our really low score tie... Was that three years ago against the Seahawks when it was the three-all tie or six-all? It was six-all, that was, and that was a couple of years back, yeah. I think that was our last tie as well, wasn't it? We do seem to tie with them a fair bit. Yeah, but, you know, I I definitely feel better about this tie than I do about the six-each tie. There was a great set I saw as well. Since 1990, NFL teams were 10 in 2,253 went trailing by 18 points or more in the fourth quarter. Uh, sorry, 10 to 2,253. Yeah, that's a mental stat. And now there's the one on the end because that's us. Are, are we the only... <laughs> that's brilliant. And the Lions as well, I suppose. I guess that means that, like, you know, the Lions at 99.1% win probability was even overestimating. They should have been at 99.56%, I think, out of that. It's crazy, though. Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's a, an insanely low amount of people that make that kind of comeback. And if you think about it, 18 points is quite hard to score in the NFL with it being seven or eight points if you score definitely. touchdown into it. So. Yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's an odd number of points. And, you know, I think it was quite impressive that we managed to come up with it. Well, there were people criticising them going for the field goal to make it 24-9. But, you know, it makes sense at the end of the day because then you're just down by 15, aren't you? You know, the gamble there is make the field goal and you're still in with a chance. Or you don't make the field goal and you're in with no chance. And I'd say there's a higher chance of making a field goal from that distance than converting on the fourth down. People don't think of these things, though. There's, um, I think there's actually a calculation for it called the Coward Index, the Cowardly Index. It's something along those lines. You can follow the guy on Twitter. 
and he looks up punts and kicks and bases on a number of factors given how many yards to go, how, what the team point difference is and all of that. And he gives it basically a score of how cowardly it was and it was not considered a cowardly kick at that time. So I'm going to take that. I'll have to look that up. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a really uh, nifty bit of stat work that the guy does. Um, and uh, yeah, in fact, I think that the punt against the Seahawks was one of the most cowardly punts ever. It's like with NFL scoring army as well. It's like a niche thing, isn't it? Only certain people will be interested in it. Yeah, there, there, there'll be a subset of people who'll find it extremely interesting and then everyone else that says it's really dumb. And in a lot of ways, it is really dumb, but I find it quite interesting. I've got low lights for the game. Obviously, the first three quarters, just as a general thing, makes sense. I, I would give Kyler Murray's interception and there being a low light for me just because of how disappointed he looked afterwards. It was a dumb throw, though, let's be honest. It was, it was. It wasn't the best thought-out throw. But this is the thing, he's a young quarterback and he's learning. He should have just thrown out of bounds, not tried to force it to... I think it was Keyshawn Johnson, wasn't it? Yeah, he was trying to extend the play too much and he should have just belted it out of bounds, but that's the kind of thing that comes with experience. Learn not to do that again. Just like you'll learn not to get sacked by J.R. Sweezy. Well, hopefully it's J.R. Sweezy that learns not to kind of just jump over and... and uh, attack him to be fair he nearly cleared him he did he nearly got he nearly got over him but to be fair kyler murray is not a high target to jump he is 330 pounds there is that's a lot of mass to move a lot of distance any more low lights or should we just focus on the positive um i to me it's like it's both a highlight and a low light but who was it that nearly got the interception at the end tremaine brock it was tremaine brock yeah so tremaine brock he at the very end he broke up a play that would have resulted in a touchdown and a loss. But equally, he just dropped a reasonably easy interception when he had open fields in front of him, and it would have at least been a pick, if not a pick six, with five seconds to go. I don't think it would have been a pick six, though, if you look at the field in front. Because he could have just stepped out of bounds and left it down to Zane Gonzalez. He could have, yeah. But, I mean, the thing the thing for me is, like, if, if you listen to his post-game interview, the reason that he says that he didn't catch it is because he got momentarily distracted by looking downfield and seeing his path to the, to the end zone. And he took his eye off the ball in that moment, and that's why he dropped it. And so, to me, like, it's not a low light because it was still an excellent play. It still broke up the Lions. It still kept us in the game. But it would have gone from a draw, I think, to having the potential to win it. Yeah, but knowing our lucky, they caught the interception, returned it, get tackled at the one, and time would expire anyway. Yeah, something like that. That would be hilarious. And cutting at the same time. At least it would have been something, but like, you know, fair play to him. I think he, I think he played well, but uh, that was a bit of a... Is there such a thing as a middle light? Like, not a high light, not a low light? A tie light? A tie light. That's perfect for this game, actually. Too clever for that. I'll have a tie light. And and then, so highlights. The last quarter, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically all of the last quarter, I'll give you that. I mean, it was just fun to watch, to be fair. It was, it was. And that's the thing is, like, I, it felt like a reward. I don't know if you felt like this, but I was like, I stayed up. I sat through three quarters of crap and a whole season of crap last season. This is my reward for it. I get to watch this and it's fun football. Until 1am as well with overtime. I know. Well, that's the thing is like, it's a Sunday night and it's quite late, but hey ho. 
it won't be that late this weekend, but you know, more on that in a bit. I definitely would include the highlights of uh, Fetz's catch. Which one? Because he had two really good ones. Um, I'd say the one that was what was it, thirty something yards downfield. I think he had like two, which were forty plus. So he had like forty-one and forty-six. I think. I'm going for the diving circus catch out of the out of the sideline. That was just spectacular, and I I actually credit the that with the you know every time Fitz catches the ball, the crowd goes completely mental, which as you would right, but that got the crowd into it, and I think that that really helped the offense get into it. Yeah, if you need a spark, you know, just throw it to Larry Fitzgerald. Obviously, the rookie's learning well. Uh, yes, absolutely. I think it's no surprise then to hear that Larry Fitzgerald was voted as player of the game. He took 67% of the vote on Twitter. Not bad, not bad. What were the other, uh, the, the, the sort of next up ones? Uh, the other options were Kyler Murray, Jordan Hicks, and the same Gonzalez. And I also let people do writing votes. But I mean, none of those writing votes would have made it anyway. Ah, fair enough. Because they were like, Trent Sheerfield. I think it was difficult to choose between the young receivers, personally. Yeah, but I mean, you can't really vote for Trent Sheerfield when all he had was a couple of special teams tackles over Larry Fitzgerald's eight catches and a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. It it was good from him, obviously, but... Oh, definitely, yeah. He's not player of the game worthy. Do you know what I think? I think David Johnston would have won player of the game if he could have got into the end zone in the first quarter. Was it the end of the first quarter that he was just he just missed it, had to go by the pylon? When he decided to dive out of bounds instead of inside the pylon. Yes. Yeah, that was crazy. Like it was straight in front of him. He he has said that he's watched back the footage and can't understand why he didn't get in. No one can. Admittedly, it was being well defended. Um, but he's also a big guy and can push other guys out of the way, particularly little cornerbacks. So he, he could have dived. Yeah, he could have dived. I think he could have got it. But I, I think apart from that, he had a really, really solid game. He was, a, he was in for a good number of receiving yards. I think he was second most in receiving yards and did well rushing too. And he had the touchdown. And he had the touchdown, the other touchdown, yeah. which happened to be Kyle Murray's first in the NFL. Yeah, well, that's a, I, I'll take that. That's a good one. Had he got that touchdown earlier in the game, then he might have won me a fancy game. But, you know. Uh, oh, well, you know. we can. Should we get on to some fantasy updates? Yeah, we'll move on to fantasy football now. And, of course, last week we missed out on cursing everyone. Technical difficulties happened. They did, yes. But we've still got the list here if you want to go through them. Oh, I, I'll, I'll happily curse some people. Um, the thing is, is like we've now got eight leagues in the British Bird Gang Bowl, which is insane when you think about it, you know? I can remember a few years ago where we were like, wow, we've got to split up and have more than one. We've got to have two? Wow. Massive. Big time. Eight leagues. Oh, well, uh, that means just more people to curse yeah, Tom, right? but also we can talk about our own results first. Oh, yeah, sure. Because we've now, we've now had some games, so that's, that's exciting. Team name here in the list. It did curse them because we lost the first week. Did. Yeah, did you? So you lost in your in your main league. Yeah, right? in League One, I lost one hundred and forty nine point three two two one hundred and thirty three point twelve to Fitz Fingers. Oh, Fitz, that's a good name, Fitz Fingers. I like that. It's not the best name, though. To be fair, League One's lacking creativity. So, do you have? Um, did you say you had David Johnson in that game? 
Yeah, I think that's the league where I've got Kyler Murray and David Johnson. I do not have any Cardinals in my in my uh, Bird Gang Bowl league. Could be a good sign. Yeah, the the, the problem was that um, I'm in a league with Cardinals fans, and therefore they'll be drafted proportionally higher than they should. And yeah, I also lost in my main British and uh, my main Bird Gang Bowl league. Um, I scored one hundred and forty three point seven two points. And lost to Chaos Clutch uh, at 187.9 points. League five, where the name I chose to curse last week would have been Can't Believe It's Not Butter. Did they lose? That's, uh, well, let's find out. I don't know. I, I can't believe It's Not Butter is actually top of our league with one win and 240 points for. A good name and a good result. Long may it continue. 240 points, by the way. That's mad. That's insane. They just got lucky, I suppose, with having big performances from a couple of people. They won't have that every week. I, I, I need to um, adjust again to like what's a good score and what's not based on PPR. Yeah, I think like if you get like 200 plus, that's a decent score, you know. But I think we'll see a lot of them this year. I think we will. I think it'll, it'll be a, a bit of a change to, to get used to. League, league One, which is your league, you've, you've managed to curse... A team called I Just Can't Wait to Be Kingsbury. That's my own team. That's your own team. Oh, fair enough. Okay. I chose my own name because none of the others were good enough. <laughs> well, if you're in League One, write all complaints to Tom. He'll probably just beat me, won't he? And I'll be like 0 and 14 by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. That that might also be part of it. League Two has a Buddha pun that we've not seen yet. Buddha, Buddha, Kudda. Yeah. Clever. I'm not sure if it's a, a bit negative, though. Is it like, is it saying Buddha's bad? I think it's just the play on words, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that works. Buddha woulda, coulda. Yeah, I like it. League three, I decided to go with Murray up offense. And it fits as well, because it kind of works with what our offense is. Precisely. I probably called it that in commentary sometime in the season. Oh, yeah, so, or or in um, in a headline. You know, if they if they win if they won the fourth quarter there, it would have been Murray up offense in the headline. League four is definitely a creative one though. There's a few which had good names in that. Yeah, you've got um I think half the league there. Well half the league's creative, half the league isn't. I quite like Sherfield Wednesday. Also easy peasy JR Sweezy. I like that one because it rhymes. To Kyler Mockingbird is a good one. That's culture, that is. If it was to Kyler Murray Bird. I I think the pun would still stand, and I think it would be, uh, I like to Kyler Mockingbird, that's good. And also, show me the Murray. That's got Cardinals links as well. That that does have Cardinals links, the Jerry Maguire link. It's hard to choose from them for. Yeah, I'm not sure which one I want to curse, other than maybe just all of them. Yeah, we'll curse all of them. Although it might not have been a curse to, can't believe it's not Butter, seems he. No, they, seen as they are top of the league with a good score. League six, we've got Kyler Elite Squad. Is this a uh, is this a pun that I don't get? It is a pun. It's proper niche. It's a in New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's a team called Killer Elite Squad. So Kyler Elite Squad. That is so niche. Did you make this up? I didn't make it up. I'm knowing whose team it is, I'm pretty sure that's what it means. You absolute nerds. That's brilliant. I there's love no, that. There's nothing wrong with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay, I, is it something I should is it something I should watch in the NFL off season, for example? It's on all the time. It's on all the time. Okay. At like ridiculous hours because it's Japan. It's like seven o'clock in the morning. 
I was going to say, it'd be like Australians watching the NFL. Like, they'll have to get up really early. I'll tell you what, though, League 7 has the best name. Yes, because it's a pun on an old song, and I like those. It is. Fits the kind of magic. I feel like if you take that that um, as your team name, you need to almost, you know, you need to have a theme song. You need to have that as your theme song. They'll have to if they win. Although you say that that's your favourite, I think League 8 might be my favourite because it's faux shizzle, t-sizzle, which is just mm, wonderful. It, it rolls off the tongue perfectly. It's gangster. It is gangster, yeah. Whereas the other one's more, I don't know, 80s, because it's Queen, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's quite 80s, it's quite big hair, whereas faux shizzle, t-sizzle is no hair. It's great. It's more modern for the NFL these days. Rap cred and all that gangster shit. Yeah. Uh, it's a good crop of names, uh, good puns as always, and yeah, I, I'm enjoying fantasy season so far. Because it was, I should say as well, just for the record, that I won in the Dynasty League this uh, this week. I won 165.2 to 144 against Cards Against Humanity. And this week, I get to play Tom. Yeah, where I also won this last week with 189.4 over 130.34. Both going into it, a win. And uh, I'm, I'm pre- currently projected to win, though I don't know if Tom has set his lineup yet. I've got to readjust mine, I think, with the Le'Veon Bell news. So I'm kind of screwed this week. I've got no running backs. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. And the thing is as well, this, the, the Dynasty League we play uh, IDP, so it does take a lot longer to set a lineup, I'm finding. And also to scour the waiver wire and all that. Indeed. We'll have the results next week. Unless I lose, then I can't be here for shame. I, I think, Tom, that despite all of our years of playing fantasy football we've never actually played a game together is that right yeah we've always been in different leagues on purpose just to cover it all shh don't tell anyone i'm sure everyone knows by now it's rigged for, well not rigged but you know organized so it's that way yeah we we get put into different leagues so we can cover different leagues but um yeah this is the first time we'll have actually played each other at fantasy football which is quite exciting um i'll be sure to send you plenty of smack talk i'll be sure to ignore it don't do that my team doesn't talking. <laughs> Mine doesn't, which is why I've got to send you MS Paint images. Now, well, one of the games this week will obviously be the Arizona Cardinals at Baltimore Ravens, which is what we'll move on to now. Yeah, indeed. Um, big game coming up. And uh, first away game of the season, obviously. A first 6pm game of the season as well. Cardinals, historically, 6pm games, not so good. Yeah. You know, we'll struggle with that, obviously, but, you know, got to make do, haven't you? Realistically, you should be able to deal with, you know, playing in the earlier time slot, but I do get it. Like, it's hard to think sometimes of America being as big a country as it is, but it's weird for them getting up at what feels like, you know, eight in the morning to go and play a full game. Yeah, I think it works out like 10 o'clock a.m. Arizona time. But that's kickoff as well, you know, like arriving at the stadium and stuff is very early in the morning. I mean, I'm sure it takes some adjusting too, obviously. Yeah. It's a team they've not actually played that often, only six games in the past. Admittedly, the the Baltimore Ravens are quite new because they were they were the original Cleveland team, right? Yeah, and also with them being in the AFC, don't actually play them that much. Indeed. But yeah, the Ravens lead 4-2 all time, but the last time they played in 2015. 
the Cardinals won 26-18. 2015 Cardinals was our championship run team though, wasn't it? It was a good team that year. It was a that's a, a scarily long time ago now, but that was the last, that was our team that we really made a good go at uh at getting towards the Super Bowl with. I'm trying to think I think we had a podcast back then. We did have a podcast back then. Yeah, that was uh we definitely covered we definitely would have covered that game um at some point and uh yeah, I I mean the Ravens are are an excellent team and they they won big time last week. Yeah, they crushed the Miami Dolphins 59-10, which I think everyone will do this year. They don't look good at all. No. Um, in fact, they look a little bit like us last year, um, strangely enough, with the... Uh, well, Josh Rosen isn't starting for them, but with Josh Rosen being there and a crap offensive line and really not many weapons either. I mean, he did play in that 59-10 game and threw an interception. I saw that. He did, yeah. He did because it, well, I mean, at some point you gotta you gotta do something to shake it up if you're being beat fifty nine ten, right? But obviously it didn't work because I think they got beat worse with him in. They they did get beat worse, but I mean, at the end of the day, point difference doesn't count for as much in the NFL as it does in a lot of other sports. So you might as well try at that point. It could have been even more as well. I bet Baltimore probably just took the foot off the gas. I mean, dropping a fifty burger on someone is still a lot. And then dropping nine points after that. I think at some point the mercy rule must kick in. And of course, Lamar Jackson versus Kylo Murray is one of the main sort of talking points for this game. That is definitely the headline, I would say. Granted, they won't actually face each other, but, you know, they're both leading the teams. No, but yeah, people like to say that anyway. You know, it is a good comparison sort of seeing them playing and on the same field at the same time. Of course, both of them mobile quarterbacks. Yes, and now here's the interesting thing is we were talking about um, was it uh, Amari Cooper that had played briefly with him, Lamar Jackson? Crabtree. That's it. It was Crabtree. Yeah, Michael Crabtree, and he was he was commenting saying Lamar Jackson was is a mobile quarterback, but that Kyler Murray is a dual threat quarterback, as in he can also throw um, as well as run. So that'll be interesting to see how well that goes down in. Maryland. Well, I mean, they say that, but Lamar Jackson posted a 158.3 quarterback rating against Miami. Oh, he he, he played excellently and, um, you know, definitely by the numbers, outplayed the full game Kyler Murray and maybe was on par with um, fourth quarter Kyler Murray. Well, watching that game, it was reminiscent of Kyler Murray last year at Oklahoma, just basically throwing the ball deep to Marquise Brown. And he obviously makes the plays. Just crazy fast as well, you know. Imagine if we did pair them up here. Well, I mean, that, that would have been stunning if we were able to do that. But I think they were both first rounders, right? They were, yeah, sadly. No, I think I think that's going to be the one to watch. And as has been pointed out several times before, you know, our current biggest deficiency on defense is, um, well, the, the two big things I was worried about going into the Lions game was the run uh, defense and the cornerback situation and the run defense wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be but the cornerback situation is a bit scary so it'll be interesting to see you know how how that all plays out together and whether we end up with it could just be that it ends up being a shootout yeah well with the running game in Detroit I think Matthew Stafford was our leading rusher which said a lot I mean, part of that was the fact that we did contain quite well, but, you know, equally I was expecting it to be a dreadful, dreadful performance from the run defense. 
It'll be a lot tougher this week, though, especially with Baltimore's run offense. Yes, they do actually have one, for instance. Yeah, exactly. They've got Lamar Jackson, obviously, is a threat. They've got Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards. And they've got, yeah, they've got a lot of guys they've been they've been rotating in and out. So uh, that makes it even more difficult to plan for. And also to defend, obviously, especially with our defensive line. Especially with our defensive line, which is still a bit shaky. But there was one thing I saw that apparently Miami didn't blitz them that much, whereas obviously we'll blitz them probably a lot more. Well, that's kind of our thing at the moment, isn't it? Especially um, bringing all the linebackers in for, you know, like full-on assault blitz. Although with that, you then risk the you risk Lamar Jackson breaking out of the pocket and then causing damage with his feet, don't you? Which is absolutely possible. And, you know, we've got Buddha Baker at safety, but, like, you know, the, the if you've dropped him back there, then it can be quite a lot of damage before you can get to him. That's not something I'm looking forward to seeing. No, I as I said, I, I have a feeling that um, it really depends which Cardinals show up. If we get fourth quarter Cardinals, which is what I'm hoping for, I have a feeling that we're going to see, we're going to get scored on. We're going to get scored on quite highly, but I think we might be able to score back at least a bit. Should we give some predictions then? Well, in that case, I'm going to I'm gonna be very like generous with them again on the touchdowns. I'm going to say they're not going to run all over us like they did with Miami. Um, I'm going to give them 35 points. Um, and I'm going to say that we're not going to win it, but I'm going to say that we're going to keep in it for longer and give us 24 that's actually a pretty close to where I was thinking. So I was going to go for thirty-three. Let's get twenty. They they do have a decent defense. I'm I'm kind of hoping, as I said, to get you know some good Kyler Murray points in there. So I'm just gonna wait and see. I guess I get them just about covering the over. Well, I mean the handicap because I think it's thirteen point five at the moment. The spread is yeah quite significant. So you know we'll screw that up for people by half a point. Fuck them people. That might happen, absolutely. I think it'll be a good game to watch, though. I think, you know, even even if we're losing, there'll be a lot of good stuff to watch. Yeah, I mean, this isn't one of the games I thought we'd have a chance in much anyway, especially with it being early and Baltimore being a decent team as it is anyway. And especially, especially now that they've got a, um, a bit of momentum going. Shows what beating Miami can do for people, I suppose. Absolutely. Well, I mean, look what it does for the Patriots every year. Because they get to do it twice. Lucky them. That's not going to be pretty this week either when they play. It's not going to be pretty. But you know, bring it on. Hopefully it means lots of Patriots points for fantasy football. Yes, indeed. It might just do that. But of course that will do it for this week's episode of the British Bird Gang Breakdown. As always, if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. And also join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. Visit the website at britishbirdgang.co.uk and buy British Bird Gang t-shirts at britishbirdgang.tmail.com. Sounds like you got them all. I did this week. Got them all written down. Although I Excellent. did bring them out in the wrong order, so no one will know. Well, I guess that means that we can wrap it up. Yep, so as always, thanks for listening and join us again next week. I'll see you next week for once we have uh, get to break down the Ravens game. It'll be exciting. Unless we lose, then it won't be. Unless we lose. <laughs> It'll be less exciting, but there'll still be stuff to talk about. So there's always that. And there's fantasy football as well. And always fantasy. All right, then, till next week. Cheerio. See you.